Welcome to the Superintendent Radio Network. This is Kyle Brown, and I am here today with Dr. Wendy Galerter of Pace Turf. You'll have recognized her from the YouTube videos, of course, all of the great information out there about diseases and other scientific looks at the industry right now. How are you doing today, Wendy? Great, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. And I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about today because, you know, this is something that we've covered from a couple different angles, but it's one of those things that we never have really defined. And what that is, is sustainability on the golf course. Can you help me out a little bit? Let's start out with just what does it really mean to be sustainable? It's a great question, Kyle, and and it's one that has frustrated us and I think lots of golf course superintendents over the years because while everybody can agree in principle that sustainability is a nice word and it's a good concept and we should all be more sustainable, it's been a little bit hard to figure out what does that really mean on the golf course. And lots of superintendents we talk to have that word in their goal documents, golf courses have the word in their mission statements, but then how do you really go about being more sustainable on a golf course? How do you actually demonstrate that you are doing this or that you're making progress towards sustainability? And, you know, it turns out there are thousands of definitions of sustainability, and Some of them focus very heavily on business, economic, financial sustainability, you know, basically surviving in a world that's gotten more difficult to survive in, and that certainly applies to golf courses as well. And there's also kind of the ecological, environmental, biological sustainability, which has a lot more to do with being good environmental stewards and reducing inputs. There's, like I said, thousands of definitions. Most of them are very vague and general or even philosophical uh, in in the way they approach the question. And, And they're useful for sort of setting the stage. And one of these more philosophical definitions that we like for golf course uh, turf comes from the Golf Environmental Organization, or GEO. They've got kind of a nice, you know, statement about what sustainability means. It's not quantitative, it's, it's not concrete, but it kind of sets the stage. But we started feeling a few years back, and in conjunction with other people, but particularly with uh, Dr. Michael Woods of the Asian Turfgrass Center, that there might be something that we could do to help make this definition more science-based, more data-driven, and more concrete so that uh, superintendents actually can have some guidelines to follow in achieving progress and sustainability. Among other things, and I'll get to what our working definition of sustainability is in a minute, but among other things, we have just initiated something called the Global Soil Survey for Sustainable Golf, and that survey is hoping to enlist superintendents from around the world, we hope, in uh, helping us to develop some new guidelines for soil nutrition, for soil fertilization, that will set minimum levels that are needed to support good turf quality, and in doing so, really help superintendents reduce one of the biggest inputs on golf courses today, which is, is fertilizers. And so I'll give some more details about that in a minute, but our working definition of sustainability really focuses on the factors that are in the golf course superintendent's control because that's the world they can operate in. And so from that perspective, what we say is that sustainability is providing the expected performance of the turf 
and that's going to, of course, vary from one facility to another, what's expected of turf performance. But whatever that is for a given facility, the expected performance, but using the minimum resources needed in order to achieve that goal. And by resources, we mean the financial resources, natural resources, energy, chemicals, fertilizers, whatever, to achieve that goal. So for a long time, maybe when before the 2008 financial collapse, when budgets were a little bit looser, or before we started really being worried too much about regulations on uh, runoff of, of things like nitrogen and phosphorus, it was okay. You could get good quality turf with lots of different combinations of, of fertilizer guidelines. But as the economics and also kind of the environmental pressure started mounting, it became really important to ask the question, well, we know we can get good quality turf with over-fertilizing every once in a while, but what's really the minimum level we need to do that? And so that's sort of the inspiration for this global soil survey, to start getting down, this would be the first of what we hope will be other projects, but start getting down some really concrete guidelines that are going to let superintendents start reducing the inputs on the golf course and for measuring um, how fast they're progressing along the track of reducing those inputs. Well, let's talk a little bit about that survey as well. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, you guys are going to be looking at soil samples from all over. You know, what can a superintendent really get out of participating in this survey? Well, we think a lot. The way uh, it's going to work is that each superintendent that wants to participate in the survey, and we hope there's hundreds, if not thousands, that will is going to pay $250 for a soil kit and for evaluation of three soil samples that they're going to collect at their uh, golf course. And those soil samples are all going to come from good performing areas of the golf course. So the idea is then to, to analyze those soils. We're working with Brookside Labs, which is one of the good analytical labs in the country. Analyze those soils for about 21 different nutrient factors, and get an assessment of what levels of nutrients are actually supporting good quality turf everywhere, you know, from Alabama to Zanzibar, (laughs) (laughs) if we can get samples stretching uh, through the alphabet like that. And then to write reports to each superintendent that are going to give them a variety of information about the results of of their testing. And these reports are going to be written by Dr. Larry Stowell of Pace Turf and Dr. Michael Woods of the Asian Turfgrass Center. And in addition to just sort of the straight reporting on the profile of nutrients in the soils in those three areas, Micah and Larry are also going to evaluate any excesses that are present, any deficits that are present, and and provide guidelines for managing those excesses and deficits without endangering the quality of the turf. And in particular, what they're going to do is compare the levels of each nutrient against what is a kind of a, a set of guidelines we developed last year called the minimum levels for sustainable nutrition. So this is kind of the first gas, the first effort at developing some minimum guidelines. And we're going to compare each sample we receive against those guidelines and calculate something called a sustainability 
index. And what that means is that for each soil, the superintendent's going to get a numerical quantification of where they stand, uh, how much over they are, the minimum that's actually needed to support good turf growth at their facility. And what that number allows them to do is to get first a snapshot of how they stand at this moment, but much more importantly, it gives them a way to over time show how they're improving, how the sustainability index is improving over time as they get closer and closer and closer to that minimum value needed to support a good quality turf. And we think this index is going to, we've actually been using it for about a year now, it's going to be very useful to superintendents uh, to give them a real hard and fast number, a science-based number that they can look at themselves and track their progress and even communicate with managers, their team, even with the outside community about the kinds of steps and the kinds of progress they're making uh, towards reducing inputs. So those are some of the, the immediate benefit that superintendents would get from participating in the survey. But then there's even some larger ones, and uh, certainly the kind of leadership it takes to participate in a, in a survey like this and to kind of commit to trying to reduce inputs like this, that's going to be very much recognized because um, we will be publishing the results of this survey as time goes on. We'll be acknowledging all of the people who have participated and all of the golf courses who have participated in this effort, which we think is a really unique and uh, very good effort. And there's going to be, in addition to recognition, I think a sense of satisfaction and kind of contributing to getting some of these guidelines out here that, that superintendents have told us they really need and, and want. And I think, in addition, this is a citizen science project, and uh, this means that there's people you may have never met, that you may never know in any other way, that are all working together in this research project, kind of for the greater good of the industry, as well as for the good of each particular facility. And we can't really answer this question of how low can you go in soil nutrition without the assistance of superintendents all over the world in pulling these samples from all different turf types, all different climates, all different soil nutritional profiles. And the more data we get, the more robust and useful these, these guidelines that are going to be developed are. The final benefit is, or I might have two final benefits, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's just so many I can hardly keep track, is that all of the guidelines that we develop based on this data are going to be available to the public at large to golf courses and turf facilities, wherever they can be used. So we're definitely interested in sharing and, and benefiting the industry overall as much as possible. And on top of that, the, the actual data, the nutritional data uh, for each soil sample is going to be made available to researchers and their students for teaching uh, and research purposes. And our hope is that other researchers will take up this idea 
and begin looking at the data in ways maybe that we haven't thought of and building uh, even further on the development of more sustainable soil fertility practices. And I think the final, final uh, benefit is just that this is going to be kind of fun and, <laughs> and rewarding and really promoting some camaraderie among the people who participate. You were talking about the sustainability index, getting these courses to align more properly with you know, sustainable practices. What can sustainable practices do for a golf course? Some real concrete, you know, bottom line stuff. Clearly um, reducing costs. A big part of sustainability is about reducing inputs from pesticides to water to energy to fertilizers that anything you can do to to reduce the inputs is also going to reduce costs and help keep uh, budgets under control. Increased environmental compatibility or or environmental stewardship, again, pretty obvious, you know, if you're over-fertilizing or overusing pesticides or whatever, they end up in places they, they shouldn't be and as precise as you can get with the rates and frequencies of materials that you're applying on the golf course, the less and less chance there is um, for there to be any problems caused um, by them. So superintendents have always been very good managers of the environment and the land, but sometimes they don't have the tools to really finesse it uh, to the level that we think is going to be necessary for everyone to be looking at in the future. There's also some problems that result when uh, we don't know what the minimum levels that are needed are when we over-fertilize or overuse pesticides. Overuse of pesticides will create resistance to those pesticides. Overuse of fertilizers, besides causing some environmental problems, actually even uh, contribute sometimes to some turf quality problems. We certainly see problems with high nitrogen levels as an issue in uh, turf damage. So that's another uh, benefit. And maybe the final one is just that golf courses have a real way to demonstrate to the public and to their community that they're being proactive in taking steps to be more sustainable and be better environmental stewards. Oh, absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with superintendents about this? I think just to check out, uh, we have a a website that gives a lot more information and detail about the Global Soil Survey for Sustainable Turf. And if uh, superintendents either go to Facebook and and type in Global Soil Survey, or if they go to um, the Pace Turf website, which is www.paceturf.org, they can read more about it and hopefully will be encouraged to sign up and participate. I hope we do get a lot of people involved in this because I, I'm really interested to see what kind of results you guys get. Yeah, yeah, so are we. <laughs> We're really looking forward to it and we've been very pleased so far with I think we announced it about a week ago, and we've already gotten lots of orders in. It's very exciting for us, and it's exciting to be working with Micah Woods at the Asian Turfgrass Center. We, we sort of can't wait to get, start getting the information out there. Oh, well, we're looking forward to it. And uh, I'll be keeping in touch with you to see uh, what kind of results you guys get and, and where this uh, survey goes. Wonderful. All right. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your help today. I really okay. appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. All right.